You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Friday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. I did pre-record this, so I'm actually recording this Wednesday night because I'm actually on vacation. I'd originally intended on having a special guest on uh, due to some moving circumstances, unable to connect, but we'll get him on in the future. We are going to be talking a little bit about the NFL draft, and we'll start covering the NFL draft a lot heavier going forward. And also, as just a heads up, we will not be having a show on Monday. I'll still be on vacation, but we will be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. If we have any time at the end, we'll get into a ditch, some of our spring positional previews. We just have the defensive line and the specialist positions left. But for now, let's start talking about some NFL draft talk. It is time. And everyone, so here's the first thing I want to say. I wanted to have a couple caveats to this. There are a lot of very good sources out there for draft information. Most of those sources are not actual NFL scouts. And what I mean by that is they're not actually working for a front office. And some of their information might be based off what they're hearing, and it might be based off of what they're seeing, and everyone sees something different. So for example, last year everyone's sitting there saying, why the heck is AJ Epineza not getting drafted in the first round? Why is it not a top 10 pick? Well, scouts just didn't feel like he was a good fit in their scheme. They felt like the quickness wasn't there, and he was really a traditional 4-3 defensive end. That takes you out of a lot of schemes right away. So um, how do you kind of bounce back from that? It's tough. And so I want to get out the, get that out of the way. Um, actually, sorry, AJ Benes, the prop, you know, kind of actually he's a little bit more scheme fluid. He could he could play the 4-3 defensive end or slide inside in that, but more or less, you know, just the quickness was kind of an issue, and that can drop you off some boards if you have some thresholds there. So um, that, I think, is the very first thing to note. Also, you're not going to like what is said about Davian Nixon. Coming into the draft process, Davian Nixon touted as a first-rounder. Um, I would be incredibly shocked if Davian Nixon goes in the first, and honestly, it wouldn't surprise me to see him slip in the third, which we're going to talk about here in a second because a lot of a lot of the mock drafts coming out, we're going to talk about PFF. We're going to talk about the draft network. We're going to talk about Dane Brugler's on the athletic. We're going to talk about um, Matt Miller's, you know, the draftscout.com. All those are going to be on the show today, but you're going to see, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of these guys don't have Davian Nixon highly rated and I'll get into some of the reasons why for that here in just a second. Also, just to note, we are going to be covering the NBA draft. We do have some phenomenal shows that are very focused on the NBA draft. So you can hear about Luka Garza, potentially Joe Wieskamp if he stays in. But we're going to be covering that as well. And one of the things we're going to be talking a lot about is the growth and the potential of Luka Garza and how his mindset plays into that. And we talked to Frank Garza, Luka's father, a couple weeks ago about the Elevate program and how Luka has really used a lot of those principles to become the player he is today. So if you're interested in improving um, your mental side of your game, whether it's in your professional life, whether it's in the sporting world, personal life, whatever it may be, I highly recommend you check out the Elevate program at sportshood.net, hosted by Frank Garza. It is a three-session class, $125, and it is worth every single penny. I went through level one. I'm actually going through level two at the end of April. So right now is your opportunity. If you want to get 
You want to learn about the same principles that made Luca Garza the consensus national player of the year? Go check out sportshood.net and the Elevate program. But let's get back to some NFL draft talk. So the way we're going to break this down, we'll just start going through the news and notes from each of these major sites. Let's start with the Draft Network, and we'll go through their overall big board from a TDN perspective, and then we'll go through some of the mock drafts we've recently seen. And again, Davian Nixon, not as highly touted as we thought. But at the end of this, I'll kind of sum up what my consensus looks are for each of these players. Davian Nixon, though, on the Draft Network's overall board, 64th. Amir Smith-Marset checks in at 135. Chauncey Golson is at 243. And what they said about him, uh, great at handling the run, not much upside in the pass rush. Um, and, you know, really a 4-3 defensive end that can kick inside on pass rush downs, but not the ability to stay in all the time. And when you look at Chauncey's statistical production, you can make a couple arguments. You can make the argument that he was the center of attention and allowed other guys to get some, you know, get some attention, but he really never produced that great of sack numbers while at the University of Iowa. Um, you look at all the attention that was given to AJ Peneza two years ago, you would have expected Chauncey to probably have some better numbers. But the fact of the matter is he just, he, he didn't. He had three and a half sacks three years ago, three sacks last year and five and a half sacks this year. He did lead the team with sacks. So there, there is, you know, it's five and a half sacks in a game. That's overall pretty solid, but a lot of it was, it was hustle plays and it was just brute force that you're not going to be able to use against a lot of teams. I do think there's a potential for him to be a better pass rusher sliding inside. Um, and I think that is definitely an opportunity for him. And he definitely did a great job down the senior bowl of improving his draft stock. So 243 is actually a little bit lower than I've seen him on some other sites. And we're going to get to that here in a second. Actually, let me make sure. Yeah. So to me, a little, little bit lower than we've seen on some other sites, but uh, make, makes sense. Also, at just below him at 248, Sean Beyer actually checks in. So above Brandon Smith, above Alaric Jackson. And what you're going to find with Sean Beyer is the fact that people are definitely scouting the helmet and not the player. And that's not a bad thing on Sean. What they're basically saying is he has a lot of upside, doesn't have a lot of film, but he also comes from the University of Iowa and he does have some solid athletic traits. Why not take a chance on him? You look at what happened with George Kittle. I think people are worried about missing out on the next George Kittle. Right, and not saying Sean Byer's not George Kittle, right? Sean Byer did not run a four five forty. But George Kittle did not have that great of statistical production, goes in the fifth round, and is now an all pro tight end, the best tight end in the NFL. So teams are worried about that. Iowa has a reputation for producing some phenomenal tight ends, and Sean Byer would have gotten more production had he been playing in an offense not ran by Spencer Petrus or not being overshadowed by Sam Laporta. So to me, that is awesome to see him up there. At 263, they had Brandon Smith. Uh, they said great contested catcher, but needs to improve his route running and his ability to um, handle physicality at the line of scrimmage. Basically getting off and releasing at the line is a big thing for Brandon Smith. Uh, a little bit lower, 353, Alaric Jackson. The big thing they said is that he they're concerned he has already reached his potential, not good in pass protection, needs to be protected by the scheme. This is going to be a common theme you hear about Alaric Jackson. He played four years at the University of Iowa, and there was a lot of hype. So don't buy into the hype that happened after his sophomore year. Anytime you see an offensive lineman that played at the University of Iowa for four years, that started at the University of Iowa for four years, you think this guy has to be good. There's a lot of concerning things on tape about Alaric Jackson, and a lot of it is with pass protection. He struggled this past year against any sort of speed on the edge. 
that is going to continue to be a concern at the next level. And what's more concerning is that he's not really able to play the other side very well. Switching from left to right is not an easy thing. Switching into that guard spot is not just a, ooh, you slide in and you're good. I think he has potential there, and that will protect him a little bit from some of that speed rush because he does have a better, does do a better job of handling, you know, power rushers, but and in run blocking in general. But again, I think that's a big concern, and you, you know, some people basically don't fall in love with the fact that he's a four-year starter. People might think of Larry Jackson, you know, Hawkeye fans who don't follow the draft might think a fourth rounder, but I wouldn't be surprised if he falls into the sixth and seventh. And I'll give my predictions here at the end of the show. Finally, Makai Sargent checking in at 380th. Uh, they basically said good pass protection, slippery and tight spaces, and a patient runner. But he goes down in the first contact and wasn't really a primary pass catcher at Iowa, which makes sense. I think Makai Sargent undoubtedly has a role in the NFL, but his 40-yard dash time is not going to help him, and we'll get to that here in a few moments. We're going to take a quick break and then go into some of the uh, mock drafts from the Draft Network and then start going on to some of the other reputable sites talking about what they're seeing from the Iowa Hawkeyes in this draft process. That's all coming up on segment two and segment three of the show. But I do have to tell you about betonline.ag because betonline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today for a free account and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app, spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcast app. Now, when we took a break, we had just gone through TDN's big board and giving you some thoughts on that. I'm going to go through what they're saying from a draft perspective, and then we're going to hit on probably PFF and then Matt Miller's and then wrap up with The Athletic and give you some of my thoughts as well. From a draft mock draft perspective, some of the recent mock drafts um, basically have Davian Nixon somewhere between the mid-second and mid-third, and that's really where I've seen him in a lot of mock drafts. Um, Brentley Wiseman didn't have any Hawks in the first two rounds. Dre Harris had Davian Nixon in the third round. Jordan Reed had Nixon in the late second, and Trevor Sikkema had Nixon in the mid-second. So uh, again, I think I think there's a better chance he goes in the third. And my reasoning behind that is, is twofold. When you look at what Davian Nixon did, the big concern is the fact that he didn't have a lot of production in college outside of the one year. He was a fantastic player for one year. There's some concerns about his per- potential or his performance kind of slipping off towards the end of the season. But it's definitely he's definitely a, a work in progress. He's not a complete player yet. He hasn't had a lot of D1 starting experience and the defensive tackle position is just not as highly valued as a lot of other positions. A lot of schemes use the defensive tackle more as a run stuffer and a, a gap filler. Now, the new age in the NFL is definitely moving towards having some gap penetrating defensive tackles, which is where Davian Nixon fits in. But if you're concerned about his ability to stop the run or if you have some concerns about you know, the development of him, you're not going to take that in the first round. You're going to take that in the second or the third. So that's really, in my opinion, why he is slipping. Another guy from the Draft Network who actually hosts 
the co-host of Lockdown NFL Draft podcast with Trevor Sikma, Benjamin Solak, wrote an awesome article, though, that talked about Amir Smith-Marset. And Amir Smith-Marset, I think, is really the draft Twitter's um, crush, I would say. And a lot of people really love what they're seeing from Amir Smith-Marset. Here's what... Benjamin Solak had to say he actually wrote an article of six under-the-radar pro days you have to know about. And this is really the theme of Smith-Marset. People are really falling in love with him when you look at his tape. And when you look at what he was able to do from a testing perspective, he's lighting it up. He says, Smith-Marset didn't light up the stat sheet in Iowa, but I'm confident he'll be a better pro than he was a college player. Smith-Marset's film is straight good. With solid reps as both a field stretcher and an underneath target worth rack ability, Smith-Marset's special teams value is sick as he returned 50 kicks through 2018 and 2019 for 1,200 yards and two touchdowns, and Smith-Marset's athleticism is good. Teammate Brandon Smith was one of the earliest big testers at the of the cycle, but Smith-Marset quietly had a great pro day as well. A 37-inch vertical jump, which is phenomenal, and a 10-foot, 4-inch broad jump details his explosiveness, as well as a reported 1.44-second 10-yard split on his 40-yard dash. That is just bananas acceleration only four wide receivers in mock draftables database gotta check out mock draftable this gives you a good opportunity to compare wide receivers but he said only four wide receivers have had a better 10 yard split in that entire database smith marset almost broke my top 10 list for wide receivers and he simply checks every box that matters to me in the cycle he'll be a solid pro so again smith marset the the bigger questions he's going to have is about some of his drops and some of the off-field concerns, obviously the jumping into uh, the end zone and spraining his ankle, the OWI, those are things that people are going to be concerned about when looking at Smith-Marset. But when you look at his athleticism, someone is going to take a chance on that, and I think there's someone that's going to take a chance on that probably in the fourth round. Now, when we talked to Matt Miller from the draftscout.com earlier in the offseason, he said Smith-Marset had a third-round grade from him, but that Smith-Marset was likely going to fall simply because this wide receiver class is so darn good. So that's something to watch out for as well. That does it for the information on the Draft Network. I definitely recommend checking out the Draft Network. Four of those guys on the Draft Network host podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. They do a phenomenal job, and their website is fantastic as well. I would argue probably the best in the business. Let's move over to PFF, though, Pro Football Focus. Now, they do have some great draft analysts. They have a two-for-one draft podcast. I think is great if you want some NFL draft coverage in addition to what you're getting on the Lockdown Podcast Network with Lockdown NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes Podcast. But... Sometimes they can be a little bit hoity-toity on their advanced metrics, and I think sometimes their advanced metrics don't always tell tell the full story. Um, so Mike Renner, he's probably one of the best draft guys at PFF. He has Davian Nixon going to Dallas in the 44th pick, but when you look at the PFF's big board, they actually have Davian Nixon at 114th, which is, I think, the lowest I've seen Davian Nixon. They had Amir Smith-Marset at 124, so again, sticking in that fourth-round range. Chauncey Golson at 165, and Alaric Jackson at 197. So, um, interesting to see some of the variances there. Alaric Jackson, 353 from TDN, 197 from PFF. And then when you look at, you know, Dane Brugler's draft guy, which we're going to get to here in a bit, he's looked at as the 20th overall offensive tackle. So um, definitely some interesting things we're seeing and varying in opinions of these guys. Um, so we're going to get the athletic here in a second, but that's what the PFF guys had to say. And then Matt Miller is actually, you got to subscribe to the draftscout.com. Um, he's right now going through a full seven round mock draft. So by the time you're hearing this, he's already gone through round five and six. I'll make sure to post that on Twitter if any of the other Iowa guys are drafted. I have not seen an Iowa guy at this point. Let me actually confirm. He put out the fourth round today, but he did 
had the second round out and that had Davian Nixon going at 45 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So again, I talked about what these sweet spots are. I really feel like Davian Nixon looking at that mid-second to mid-third and just given the state of defensive tackles and I, I just can't see him going in the second. They're going to look at this guy as a project, but a project that could be pretty good, has some great potential, but not a guy you draft in the second round. There's always fallers, and it seems to be guys kind of like a Davian Nixon who might fall as well. So that's something to watch out for when watching the NFL draft is, will Davian Nixon go in the second or the third? I don't think there's a chance he goes in the first anymore. Um, however ridiculous that might sound to some of you Iowa Hawkeye fans, I agree. I really liked what I saw from Davian Nixon, but that one-year production, the fact that he hasn't really done a lot outside of that, and he's still a work in progress from NFL scouts' eyes, that is a big concern. So keep that in mind as you watch some of these Davian, Davian Nixon grades come out. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to get into the athletic and then wrap up with where I feel like Iowa Hawkeyes could go. And we're also going to tell you about a competition I'm looking at having. Want to get some of your thoughts on that as well. So that's all coming up on segment number three of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about Built Bar because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. It comes in a ton of phenomenal flavors. If you just like sweet things, they have a ton of great flavors like mint brownie, salted caramel, peanut butter brownie. If you like fruity type of bars, they got awesome stuff as well like lemon, almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Whatever flavor tickles your fancy. They've got it at BuiltBar.com, and all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. Now, I've told you a lot about the taste, and that's for a good reason. I've tried so many Built Bars out there, and the best one I've ever had is a Built Bar. I don't know why you wouldn't want to get a Built Bar. If you're looking for a good protein bar, Built Bar is where it's at. But the best part about this is not just the taste. It's the fact that it packs a punch in the health department as well. One of my favorite flavors is cookies and cream. In that 130-calorie bar, it packs 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. If you want to get the best-tasting protein bar in your hands today, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. It's April and the Locked On NFL Network of Podcasts is shifting into draft mode. April 19th through the 26th, tune into the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more info about where you can find the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, this is perfect timing because we're still talking about the NFL draft right here. And I want to talk a little bit about the athletic. Dane Brugler is the athletics go-to guy for draft talk. And I know all of you know about Scott Docterman of the athletic covering the Iowa Hawkeyes. I will say I love Scott's content. I love his writing. Um, I'm, I'm not as big of a fan of his draft analysis. So I think that's, you know, goes without saying I'll go through what he says and I'll give my predictions as well. Um, let's go through Scott's. We'll go through Dane's and then we'll go through mine. Scott, uh, made his predictions for Iowa Hawkeyes. He has Davian Nixon in the mid-second, Chauncey Golston in the mid-fourth, and Alaric Jackson in the mid-fourth, and Amir Smith-Marset in the late-fourth, Nick Neiman in the sixth, Sean Byer in the sixth, and Brandon Smith in the seventh. I think, personally, Scott's a bit high on Alaric, a lot higher on Alaric. I think Chauncey probably goes in the fifth. I think he's a bit high on Sean, and maybe Brandon. So that'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out. Dane Brugler also released his, it is a very comprehensive guide, about 300 pages for the 2021 NFL draft. If you're not subscribed to The Athletic, I highly recommend you check it out. 
but he did rank each of these guys in accordance to their position. Um, so we'll go down through each position. Makai Sargent came in as the 42nd best running back. A couple things here. As we talked about with the Draft Network's grading of him, um, he's a solid, patient running back, but there's not a lot of things that really stand out as, oh my God, you have to have this. I think Makai Sargent could carve out a nice career in the NFL. He could probably play some special teams and get you a few good you know, carries each game. But when you run a 4-6-8-40 yard dash near the backup running back, that's not going to look good. So he's going to need to win a spot as a UDFA and try to win a spot, potentially even just in a, a you know in the training camp to get onto a starting roster or at least be on the practice squad. Makai Sargent has an uphill battle, but Makai Sargent's also shown that he can handle those uphill battles. At the wide receiver spot, Amir Smith-Marset is 37th on Dane Brugler's list out of all wide receivers. And he projects as a seventh round pick, according to Dane. Brandon Smith is the 53rd wide receiver and projects as a priority free agent. What Dane said about Amir was that he has some issues with drops, 17 over 110 opportunities, and doesn't have a ton of strength. Speedy in a good deep ball guy. I personally think Dane is undervaluing the speed and the return aspect. Amir Smith-Arset is a dynamic returner. Devin Hester, I'm not saying Amir is Devin Hester, but Devin Hester was drafted in the second round solely on his return ability. Amir Smith-Marset will likely be drafted in the fourth or fifth round, in my opinion. Brandon Smith, he also mentioned had some drops, but loves his build, loves his contested catchability. How well does that translate, though? Because we've seen some big guys who have some good contested catchability, and that doesn't translate that well into the NFL. So I think that's probably the big concern with Brandon Smith. Again, he has him as a priority priority free agent. I think he could probably go in the seventh, but... um, like we kind of seen with some other Iowa Hawkeyes in the past, Nick Easley, for example, um, not going to get drafted. They're going to draft people in the seventh who have some really outstanding potential characteristics, a higher ceiling per se. Sean Byer checks in the 21st tight end and a priority free agent, just like we said about TDN. He says Byer didn't have an exciting resume, but he comes from a program that produces tight ends and there are untapped athletically gifted elements to his game. This goes back to the don't scout the helmet, scout the player. But I think when it comes to the tight end position, you have to scout the helmet with Iowa. Um, We've seen so many Iowa Hawkeyes be successful. Larry Jackson checked in as the 20th offensive tackle and is a sixth round pick, according to Dane, in his opinion. Um, Basically says the same thing we've been talking about. Cole Banward, a guy we haven't talked about a lot. He has listed as a priority free agent and the 25th overall guard. And... This makes sense. He basically says Banward doesn't have overwhelming traits, but he is aware, disciplined blocker with the banger mentality to finish through the whistle. Uh, that's why a lot of these got Ross Reynolds, for example, getting a contract, you know, two years ago, Keegan getting a contract as well. Um, these are guys who they're, you know, when, I, when you're a guard at Iowa, not all guards at Iowa, but um, a lot of the guards at Iowa are just, they're, they're solid technicians, but they don't have a lot of the requisite major skills you need to be a high level starting offensive guard in the NFL. And you're seeing a lot of those guys be, you know, brought onto teams because they can be a solid fill in, but they're not maybe like the best guy out there. And that's what Cole Banwell projects as well. I'm sure he could probably actually make a starting roster um, despite, or start make the 53 man roster, even as a priority for agent, simply because he's not going to, you know, blow you out of the, the water, but he's still going to be a solid foundational type of guard to be a, a depth player at. On the defensive side, Chauncey Golson checks in as his 16th defensive end and projects as a fourth-round pick. So he doesn't have the desirable bend or explosive traits, but he's long, strong, and doesn't quite or doesn't quit working to the ball. Um, 
same thing as we talked about. Doesn't have that pass rushing ability, but can play a lot of positions and can stop the run. Davian Nixon, he has as his sixth defensive tackle, which is quite a fault because when we came into this draft process, we really thought Davian Nixon would probably be, probably be the first defensive tackle. But again, as people begin to watch his tape, there are some concerns about how much he needs to develop to be a, a productive player at the NFL level. But he loves his disruption. He loves the explosive trades for Davian Nixon and projects him as a third-round pick. Also along the defensive tackle front, Jack Heflin is 26th on his board and listed as a priority free agent. He says Heflin is a short area player and there isn't much that differentiates him on film, but he stacks blocks with brute strength and helps close down run lanes. A guy who will probably be a great practice squad player, maybe get a couple years in the NFL, but nothing too crazy. Nick Neiman was an interesting one because Dane has actually talked about Nick Neiman before, basically saying you should watch out for this guy because of the athletic traits. And um, he actually wrote an article of top 10 under the radar names that you need to know. And Nick Neiman was actually second on that list. So to me, that's kind of interesting. Nick Neiman had a fantastic pro day and that has really skyrocketed him up to boards to probably being draftable. Dane, ha- Dane has him as the 19th linebacker on his list and has a sixth round grade. And it basically says that he says he has above average athletic traits, which makes him a gamble a gamble worthwhile on day three of the draft, but needs to improve in coverage and needs to be doing a better job of taking on blockers in the run game or sorry, taking on uh, utilizing his run stopping skills. I'll just put it that way. So Nick Neiman, a guy who probably will be drafted simply for those traits and the fact that you hope that you can develop him. He comes from a good pedigree. His brother plays for the chiefs. His dad's a coach. You're hoping that he can continue to improve because you didn't get to see a lot of him at at Iowa, he didn't. He was not a full-time starter his entire career. Uh, we've talked about this with other guys as well that have came on the show who are big draft junkies who love the Iowa Hawkeyes. Nick Neiman is a guy to watch out for, but not a guy who ever really truly broke out. So that's really interesting as well. And then finally, Keith Duncan was listed as his seventh kicker. Uh, Keith's going to get a shot in camp. His accuracy is going to be huge for him, and that should seal the deal. So that's our quick and dirty draft preview. We're going to be giving you a lot more draft information as we continue throughout the process and we get closer to the draft, which is at the end of this month. I just want to quickly go through my predictions. I'm saying David Nixon in the third, Chauncey, or sorry, Amir Smith-Marset in the fourth, Chauncey Golson in the fifth, Alaric Jackson in the sixth, Brandon Smith in the sixth, and Nick Neiman in the seventh. That's what I'm projecting. Let me know what your thoughts are. And I'm looking at actually doing a competition with you all and maybe giving a free Iowa Hawkeye jersey to whoever wins the battle. I'm trying to figure out how to do this, but it'll have to do something with the draft and basically picking who is going to be um, drafted where and giving you some points to that. So we'll, as we get more information on that, as I flesh out the details of that, I'll make sure to provide that information to you all, but an opportunity to win a free jersey by just playing some draft games with me covering the Iowa Hawkeyes. Thank you all, though, for tuning in. That does do it for our Friday morning episode. We will get to our final spring positional previews on Tuesday, more than likely, unless there's a ton of news that comes out. Just a reminder that we don't have a Monday show because I will be on vacation. I hope you all are enjoying your day. I hope you have a fantastic Friday and an even better weekend. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.